Welcome, once again, to a long-awaited and delayed issue of... You know what? The hesitation is because I don't know what to call it. You know what? It is. This is back. It is the Brad and Jordan Fantasy Podcast. And it's it's long overdue. It's long overdue. You know? Um, speaking officially, I am speaking as the commissioner of White Running Backs Fantasy Football Premier League. Interim commissioner. Maybe. For now. You know? I'll put it that way. Because it just doesn't feel like I should be the commissioner. I guess that's why I've hesitated to, to call myself that. You know, given the history of wide running back fantasy football Premier League, but that is that's a, a good lead into what I wanted to say with this right here. So speaking officially, as as the interim commissioner, as the co commissioner, as the commissioner, however you want to phrase it, um, it's been a while. It's been a long while, and not even not even that, not even just like the Death Wizard podcast um, as well, or just the ones from last year. I was thinking, or we were just kind of discussing. Everything here we go. We leading into week ten. It is Friday, today, November thirteenth. Um, sitting here, uh, this is this is how my life is now. It's Friday night. My family's all asleep. I have Cincinnati and East Carolina on mute, right here. And East Carolina's just run off, or Cincinnati's running East Carolina off the field. Um, for the college football stuff, um, I'm annoyed because Utah's game um, is canceled. And this game has playoff implications right here because, you know, Cincinnati and BYU are trying to sneak in. And I can't even fall back on Utah for relief because uh, coronavirus keeps messing things up. Um, along with lots of other things. More on that later. But given the, the circumstances and everything we were just talking in, I was talking this week with um, Brad a little bit, Strong a little bit, Josh a little bit. Um, talked to Jay a little bit about this, about the league. Talked to Tyler. Talked to Maxwell a lot this year um, about different things going on in the league. And it just kind of is a interesting time. You know, it feels like we all want um, fantasy to go well. It has gone well. It's been a good year. You know, I'm not not overly complaining, but I think it's just different um, is what we were talking about. So it kind of came up with Strom and I. Uh, he was saying, now, you know, how can we get the league better more active well what does that even mean you know and i was thinking about the league um and what we've been you know there's multiple reasons for this but kind of something that um i remember if you're going to take this journey through league history right here with me is that um i think the best year we ever had was one of the best years we ever had. I'll phrase it that way. We've had a lot of fun years. There's been a lot of fun stuff that's happened. And I think that's kind of the, the, the best part of this league is that, um, yeah, started in 2007, you know, going for a long time. Had a lot of different people, a lot of different characters coming in and out and everything like that. And it's kind of built on each other and it's built on itself and, and gone well. And um, a lot of that is, has been passed through years to years and with new people via um, some of the different channels that we used to use. You know, we used to be really active in the Facebook page. Uh, more on that later. We used to be really active in Slack, which we don't need to use anymore. More on that later. Um, and then obviously the podcast. And the podcast is what really got me thinking, you know, when we talked about getting into the league more active and different things like that. And I thought about how the podcast came around. We got plenty of new people now. It's been a while since I talked about this. Maybe we don't even remember 
Brian always makes fun of me because I have a uh, above average memory, I would say, and um, I just remember different things different ways. But I remember I didn't go back and look it up, um, or I think of I think of when I started. Um, it was about in 2012. I was at UVU, you know, and um, in between classes, we were really into fantasy at the time. I decided I was going to start writing. Uh, weekly recaps, uh, if you guys remember, um, about half the league was there at the time, I went back and counted to see who would have been there, uh, it would have been the year before Strom played, so actually I think so six, six league mate members remember the age of the recaps, um, but yeah, I remember it was Joseph Adams' first, first year, ironically enough, and, um, basically what I would do is I would go through, talk about the different funny things that would happen <clears throat> in the league, the different funny um, things that would come up based on um, things that happened in the league that would then show up in the NFL. And then by keeping tabs on that, that's where the idea that the world revolves around our fantasy league came from, is that we would see all these regular things happen consistently and these little tricky things. That's where the Joseph Adams voodoo magic came from because uh, it was you know written out, this is what happened, this shouldn't have happened, and this guy did something kind of crazy, which, you know, without that... Um, kind of running summary um, just kind of gets lost in between teams. Obviously, I've always said that if somebody's on your team, you re- you realize it, but um, you don't really think about other people's teams that way, and I guess that was kind of the part that stuck out to me was um, just being able to kind of like see the league as a whole, like you would view one team, if that makes sense. But anyway, um, I just did it as more of a more of a hobby. You know, I just remember that at that time in my life, I was single, you know, and... Uh, Provo Orem, kind of doing the thing. I would always ride it in between classes. Um, I'm just kind of do it that way, just do it for fun, you know, just between us, just as a way to kind of um, make the league more entertaining um, overall. And, you know, it was well-received for the league at the time and everything like that. I think everybody really enjoyed those. And um, I can't remember if Strom either was the first year of the podcast or the or the last year of the recaps, but... Um, at one point, it, Brad was actually the one that said we should start a podcast for the league, you know, instead of the recaps. It would be it would be fun to like verbally um, discuss this, and we did, you know. So we first, the first we started, um, if you'll remember, if, yeah, I know Strom at least got some of those, and it just kind of, and that's kind of where things kind of evolved even even further, um, getting into rivalries and matchups and basically you know we would do matchup summaries uh, for a small window we tried to be a little little bit big time trying to get guests on there to talk about different things and actually be like more like um, an actual show that's that's on there today um, like like something like the fans footballers or something like that we, we kind of dabbled in that for the, the beginning um, and then quickly just kind of resorted back to the league and the league you know was entertaining enough um, for us anyway that I don't think anybody complained or, or anything like that. That first year of the podcast was um, really fun, you know, and uh, a lot more consistent. Um, at the time of the podcast, I, I was actually neighbors with Tyler, and um, back in Nephi, we used to make jokes about you know, you know, being the the sacredness of of Nephi. Um, I don't even know if Danny and Alex realize how many Nephi people. Um, or, or here, or even the roots of the league and, and how it ties back to Nephi and everything that way. Maybe they picked it up um, through some of the discussion, but it's just funny to me now that um, 
or I guess it's, the, it's just something that would jump out to me now is like, you know, that's something that is like a core fundamental of the league, at least kind of where the league came from that I don't think is uh, being passed or at least being um, a part of the league like it was before, which, you know, is whatever. It's it's modern times, but that is just kind of an interesting change. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, so that, that got me thinking, obviously, Joseph Adams, I, I, I realize I haven't said anything about it on on the podcast as well, that was a big deal. That was a big, interesting thing uh, for me personally as well. Obviously, kind of the his relationship with me kind of stemmed from those recaps. And that was what he always said is that, you know, he had no connection to any of us. And he really enjoyed reading, reading the recaps. And obviously, I went really hard on his team all the time because he openly admitted he didn't really know very much about football or, or different things like that. But he was... Um, if y'all remember, um, crazy lucky, just insanely lucky, like, um, just famous for, uh, the one that sticks out to me in, in my head, uh, like he picked Matt Osteada off the waiver wire, um, because he needed a running back and it was like, oh, Joseph Adams finally going to lose now or lose when he should have lost because of, um, he doesn't know what he's doing. And then that week, Matt Osteada scored three touchdowns and uh, former Utah legend, Matt Osteada, you know. And it's just like, are you kidding me? This is ridiculous. And yeah, I'm pretty sure that was the Peyton Manning year as well, um, where Drew, you know, our old friend Drew from Southern Utah, decided to go home teaching instead of coming to the draft, which we all made fun of him for, and ended up auto-drafting Peyton Manning, which we all made fun of him for because it was Peyton Manning post-surgery and everybody thought it was going to suck. And uh, he auto-drafted Peyton Manning, he auto-drafted Demarius Thomas, I think it was Emmanuel Sanders too, and then... um, Jamal Charles, and sure enough, that was the year that Peyton Manning just went nuts with the Broncos, and I'm pretty sure they won the Super Bowl, but, um, yeah, he ended up with, like, the quarterback one, wide receiver one, and running back one, all from the auto draft, most miserable year ever to play, um, and, um, yeah, and Joseph Adams was the, was the only team that beat him, <laughs> because, of course he was, and, yeah, that's just kind of, that's just kind of how it goes. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, that's just the kind of, I guess, so I guess, you know, when I, when I realized that, you know, he passed away, that's, that was kind of crazy to me. And, um, part of why I've, you know, went back and reflected on, on kind of where we come with the league. Cause, um, you know, he and I ended up becoming decent friends out of that. You know, I would say we're friends. He would text me, um, outside of the league we've actually kept in touch in fact i actually had texted him within a week um of his passing and which is just crazy to me you know um <clears throat> and yeah and it's just like why would i like why is this bothering me so much or why has something been on my mind so much and it's because of of the league you know and this has been just like a big um a big part of our lives i guess in the last couple of years so for a long long time for a lot of us um and it's something special you know that's something i think that we all enjoy and I didn't mean to get, like, too serious right here, but it's just been, like, um, something that just, yeah, as, as sticks out to me is something that, that um, overall stands for something good, I guess. I'm not trying to get too sappy here either. But, um, but yeah, just it just kind of put everything in, into perspective for me about, you know, kind of, like, what what this means for people and, and how fun this can be. And, you know, right around that same time when, when Joseph Adams was in the league and when I was doing the recaps, I, we always would joke on the podcast and say, you know, this is how fantasy football is meant to be played. 
you know, and when, when whoever, you know, talks about fantasy football, this is this is the ideal league um, that people want to play in, and this is and that's actually where, um, yeah, we always we always say this is the this is the greatest football league known to man, and everything that way, and and anyway, just so that's kind of where the the starting point was, you know, at that point, and. Um, what happened, you know, because I talked, you know, at the same time, you know, we were really, really active on Facebook back then. I remember we used to write novels of arguments about different things. Um, and yeah, I guess I think about it now, you know, we've had a couple of trade drama things this year, but the trade drama now compared to the trade drama then was just night and day difference. And that's when we still had vetoes and there used to be like a rallying of the league every year to try and get a trade to pass. And you had to like get people to like just vote for you and allow things to go for you. And then, you know, it turned into a political thing. And there was like veto trades out of spite. <laughs> and, then, and, you know, just people trying to make a hard for each other. It's like, well, if you didn't pass my trade, I'm not going to pass your trade. And then you got to deal with all that. And yeah, it was chaos. And, you know, at the time it was annoying. Now looking back, it was pretty fun, but um, it wouldn't have been fun if I would have known that was going on, I guess, entirely. If, if it wasn't organic, it, it's not as fun, but um, but yeah, it was a big deal. It used to drive some people crazy, you know, and then I guess that's the other part of it too, was that like part, it wasn't necessarily that it was always good fantasy. Like I think overall we've got a lot better fantasy decision makers now, um, as far as like, we don't have as many lopsided trades, um, or stuff like that anymore. There's not like a need to, um, protect people like that anymore. Um, or people, you know, people people care more. They don't get taken advantage of as much, and everything's like that. And and that's part of like the um, novelty of it, I guess. Is just like you know, um, just kind of thinking about who was in the league, you know, and like the like how some of the stuff worked. You know, Terry and Joe Wilcox, you know, those brothers, and how Terry refused to trade with Joe, and and how Terry was just such an interesting person to to deal with and trade with and different things like that. And Joe as well, you know, he had his own ratings for different things like that and was famous for um, different things like taking two quarterbacks early and then holding holding one of them hostage and asking for equal value for uh, where he drafted it for the one quarterback <laughs> and everything like that every year. Um, I was laughing today when we were talking about um, Tyler's interesting trade for Joey Bosa, more on that later, but we were trying to value defensive linemen and um, – I said to Strom that J.J. Watt wasn't first-round redraft valuable at the height of his career, um, which would have been the first year of the podcast when Brad and I hyped up jokingly that J.J. Watt was worth a first-round pick, only to have Chase Gillis take J.J. Watt in the first round after that. And, yeah, we thought it was hilarious, and it was it was funny. And then what happens? Joseph Wilcox, of all people, the J.J. Watt lover, trades Aaron freaking Rodgers for J.J. Watt. <laughs> yeah, it just makes Chase Gillis look like a genius. Yeah, and, you know, one of the greatest trades in white running back fantasy football history. Um, yeah, and that's the kind of stuff I think that, that you know, has kind of slipped away a little bit, those little funny things that, why has it slipped away? One, because um, we've evolved past that, but in a good way, you know, not, not necessarily that we want to have, like, you know, sucky people or that people, that, like, I don't I want to, watch how I say that, like, um, obnoxious trades. I think that's, that's a funny part of the league, I guess. Um, and then at the same time, it's like, um, 
yeah, would that happen without the podcast? You know, as like the other question, you know, would Chase have done that if he wasn't such an avid um, podcast listener? Um, at the same time, Brad and I really did hype up JJ Watt, and there was a little bit of reasoning for it um, based on, you know, what we were saying on the podcast about him and how he played the year before. Uh, but probably not, you know, and that's the kind of stuff that, that I think is missed in in the in the league. So anyway, I'm just thinking about that and and different things. You know, back in, you know, Strom even mentioned to me, at one point this week, how it would, like back in the day, we used to really hype up um, individual matchups. You know, well, he mentioned it to me when I played him this week. I've still never beat Strom. Um, you know, his tentative, you know, rivals relatively. You know, I definitely, you know, it's a very one-sided, I'll admit, it's a very one-sided rivalry right now, which makes it annoying for me. Um, and, and yeah, the back and forth is like between Strom and I is different than it was for me and Joseph Adams, who I'd say was clearly... My, my biggest fantasy rival ever. Um, and yeah, obviously can't, can't say that now. Um, or I can say that now, but that, that likely won't change. Um, and that's not the only one. You know, we used to always hype up when Brad and Joe would play, and we always hype up when Brad and Tyler play. We always hype up anytime there's a brother matchup. You know, Nathan and Jay was always a big one. Terry and Joe was a big one. Um, <clears throat> and then we always hype up, you know, who when, when people play, whoever invited them to the league, you know, Brad and Josh. Uh, it was always one, Pre- Josh and Preston was one, you know, Jay and me um, was the one, you know, and just how it kind of trickles down, you know, Maxwell and Taylor, I wouldn't say that's a rivalry, but that's something we always talk about, you know, and then whoever's team is doing good, you know, we we really kind of hype that up a little bit and, and everything that way and just kind of make it more entertaining, but anyway, yeah, I think that's, I think that's been missed, I think that's been missed in the podcast, um, so why am I saying all this as we're 15 minutes into my, my rant about league history and where we're at with the podcast. If you're even still listening now, yeah, I'm going to try and do this more. I'm going to try and do it better. You know, personally, that's my thing is that I wanted to, to get back to that as well, where I did want to put slight effort in. I didn't like, I've always made a rule. Um, and I've said it before on the podcast. I don't want to let myself spend more than, um, 15 minutes on something for fantasy um, if I can, you know, just cause I could, I could spend, you know, hours doing what I wanted on, on fantasy football stuff, but, um, just with life and responsibilities, it probably shouldn't be doing that. Um, and yeah, and my, my life obviously has evolved past that as well. Um, uh, my job is more demanding now, so I can't do it at work and obviously kids, which we all, uh, mostly have. Uh, make a big difference in, in everything. Uh, plus, you know, families being married, all that kind of stuff. So, so yeah. Anyway, I, but I do. I would like to be better. So I, I would like to bring the podcast back, podcast back, and that brings us to where we are now. Um, so anyway, what did I used to do with the podcast? Um, you know, on top of sleeper, on top of Slack. You know, all these these places that <clears throat> will kind of create dialogue. I think we, I think it's been nice that we've gotten back to that. We're at least more vocal in like the league channels as far as, like, being on Sleeper. But, yeah, I did want to kind of create the, the interweek medium again with the with the podcast, which is why, um, spoiler alert, going to put this on <clears throat> Anchor, which maybe you see now, and try and get it back on, on like, an actual podcasting format instead of doing the, the YouTube stuff and the, just the raw recording stuff. I wanted to kind of go back to when it was more of an enjoyable, easy listen. <laughs> um, sorry to the Death Wizard, you know, making it that way and going back to making it, kind of easier on the easier on the ears so anyway anyway that's my that's my long rant now 20 minutes in 
20 minutes into this podcast. I wanted to get that off my chest. Um, and yeah, you know, just wanted to, just wanted to do that going forward. What did I want to do today? So, here we are. It is week 10. The league is, the year is almost over. You know, and <clears throat> thinking back again, I guess kind of like along the history of the podcast, you know, um, I can always kind of, I guess, where my personal life has gone, um, I can always gauge years in the league based on where I was living or where I was working um, and where I would record these podcasts or work on fantasy stuff, speaking of doing it or working different things like that. And... Um, just, I guess the last couple of years, we've kind of, um, gone into a keeper mode, you know, everybody got, kind of got into the keeper, um, style that we used to play, and I think that kind of was, it was good for how we play, we, instead of doing the every year redraft, which is still missed, you know, I personally say that now, as with an incredibly horrible team with no, <laughs> with no dawn in sight, um, yeah, I guess now I, I think about it, I was like, yeah, that sounds great, but obviously that's not what we're doing. Um, and and just kind of like how we've evolved um, to now with being, a, with being a dynasty and having every, everybody <clears throat> um, holding Pat moving forward. So this is kind of an unprecedented first for the league to have everybody um, holding like this, I guess, like and getting ready to move forward. And I guess that's kind of makes it intriguing as well as we don't know what's going to happen a lot has happened so far um and we don't entirely know the consequences but at the same time it still is crazy enough that that hasn't been necessarily as clear-cut as we anticipated it to be if that makes sense this will make sense as i get into coming some of these details right here so what i wanted to do is um just do a quick summary recap of each team up at this point obviously we've got the trade deadline this week ending after Monday Night Football, FYI, trade deadline, ends on Monday Night Football, trade deadline, ends after Monday Night Football, trade deadline, ends after Monday Night Football. So any other trades we got to get through before then. And what does that mean? That means that that includes future trades. And that's something that we've never had to deal with before is these long-term consequences of our, of our decisions, and which is what I wanted to get into. So, <clears throat> a little recap. Um, talking today with Josh, that's where, that's where it came from, was... Um, talking about what makes a fantasy team successful this year. The idea was, you know, we said before, Josh has been in one of the podcasts that we did earlier in the year when we tried to kind of keep going again, was that uh, with that league being so big and and so many players being used to things like that, um, there's certain players that can win you seasons by themselves. Davin Cook is a prime example this year, um, Kyler Murray, uh, another great example this year, where it doesn't matter how good or bad your team is, outside of those individuals, you have a chance of winning based on <clears throat> one player just going nuts um, with regularity. You know, Josh had two of them last year, which is why Josh's team was so good, and Christian McCaffrey and Lamar Jackson. And so, um, you know, week to week, it really didn't matter. Um, who was playing with them as long as they were, you know, putting out, you know, relatively decent stats. He was going to win because he had those kind of game-changing players. Um, and typically, they come from the first five rounds of the draft. 
Um, so that's what that was the that was the discussion is that you you win or lose the league on those first five rounds, the first five picks. So that's what I want to do is I want to go through each team, recap who the first for first five picks were, and just kind of discuss how they've ended up where they are today and how their outlook is. So I'm going to go ahead and start at the bottom, and that's the other thing is just what better person to provide this just riveting fantasy analysis and hard-hitting, deep, stat-driven discussion than me this year with my brilliance <laughs> fantasy. Yes, I'm forcing a laugh at my own joke right there because of how miserable my fantasy team is. And yeah, here, at the bottom, one and eight. One and eight. I have, um, I've, I've lost eight in a row. My first, my one win was in week one, which at the time felt okay. It has just been a miserable ride ever since. Um, and so here I am. So, <clears throat> you know, what happened to that? Um, you know, I'm still, I will say, this is something that still bothers me. Um, I do feel like I have been impacted by coronavirus the most given the, that two-week window and there where I lost the Titans and the Broncos and, and the Steelers and just, yeah, had a lot of, a lot of forced last-minute errors that led into other controversies that I'm not going to bring up right now. Maybe I'll bring it up on a later date if I go back and map what happened. Um, but that's just something that um, happened. And then at the same time, um, yeah, I've, I feel like I've permanently cursed my fantasy team. Um, and the, the, the Saquon Barkley trade heard around the world, um, which still just keeps on giving. Yeah. Speaking of Dalvin Cook, you know, for the un, uninitiated, yeah. With Saquon Barkley's rookie year, I had the first pick and picked Saquon Barkley, but immediately flipped him to Brad for Dalvin Cook and Mike Evans and Alex Smith. And Brad got something outside of it too. But anyway, Saquon Barkley was better than all three of those players combined and Dalvin Cook ended up getting hurt and not returning. And then I traded Dalvin Cook before he was healthy for Le'Veon Bell, which led Jay um, being the fantasy champion because of Dalvin Cook. And now Dalvin Cook did the same thing to Jay and is on Jason's team. And maybe it's just a sign. If, if Jace wins the league this year, the curse of, of Saquon Barkley lives on. And, and yeah, and we'll see whoever has Dalvin Cook and or Saquon Barkley is the one that's going to walk away while Le'Veon Bell is just cursing teams. Um, sorry, Landon. I know you've got him now. So I'm just saying, just saying, one of those things, one of those things that's funny, one of those things that's interesting. Um, but, yeah, so who are, my four, who are my five people? And I did, I did do, clarify who the keepers were, too. So I kept Derrick Henry, drafted Julio Jones, kept Jalen Smith, traded up for Todd Gurley. I counted the first five people that would have ended up on my team via the draft order, um, even though – um, I traded up for Todd Gurley. That was my original pick, and that's how I did it with everybody. And I don't remember who, like what the trades were because um, we did it manually. But I did just do the first five draft order people that ended up on your team because that's going to come up later. So, yeah, Derek Henry, Julio, Jalen Smith, Todd Gurley, and then Terry McLaurin. Um, I held Terry McLaurin. So, yeah, what happened to my team? Obviously, Derek Henry has been great, but what did I do? I traded him for um, Quiet Edward Delaire. Um, it was pretty volatile. Who I then traded this week for um, Zach Moss in a power move with Joshua. Um, was that a good trade? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know, all the all the experts and analysts that really hyped up on Edwards Alaire. Um, I was concerned, speaking of Le'Veon Bell, that he got brought in on a Chiefs backfield that was really controversial last year. Yeah, you know, if you remember, they 
Carlos Hyde brought in Shady McCoy and Darrell Henderson was still involved. And then the Darwin Tompkins um, was really involved. The Utah State rookie and everything like that. Scary backfield. Anyway, is will Clyde Edwards ever pan out? He's been good a couple times. Devin Ray traded him to me for Derrick Henry. Um, I personally would rather have Derrick Henry out of all of them. Devin, hit me up if you, you know, you get tired of Derrick Henry. But, uh, but yeah, so then Zach Moss, you know, is totally taking over. And, and Buffalo, that kind of motivates my season there. And, yeah, like, um, Edwards Allaire is getting, like, single-digit touches um, in total, you know. And, yeah, it's just he's definitely a very long-term piece. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with that one because he was much hyped. <clears throat> Obviously, Devin took him in the second round this year. More on that later. But uh, just something to consider, you know, just something to consider. Julio had Julio traded him for Keelan Cole, who had then traded uh, for Devonta Freeman, Sam Donald, and Jay's third-round pick. Um, and along with Keelan Cole, I got Tyler's 2023 third-round pick. We're, we're going to dive into these picks right here, too. Um, I had Jalen Smith, who I just got from Maxwell for Dante Fowler, who I dropped anyway, but for Joe Burrow, and then Landon's 2022 first and his 2022 third. So I'm down the line picking right there again. Um, Todd Gurley, interesting enough, um, who I got the most for. I got Frank Gore, who I dropped. You know, good return there. <laughs> um, Tyler's 2021 first, so his next year, his second in 2022, and his fourth in 2023. So, you know, a nice little stack right there. And then, obviously, I have McLaurin. So that brings me to my next point. So, obviously, playing for the feature. Got a lot of feature assets. And then it kind of brings us to how much are these draft picks worth, which has been the million dollar question for this, this year. We don't know still. That's what's, that's what the unknown is, is that is the only way we can move forward now with rebuilding without a redraft is with these draft picks. So personally, you know, I really want to, um, I really want to clarify how much they're worth because if they're not worth a lot, I'm pretty screwed, honestly, moving forward, you know, I'm just going to say it out loud. I'm in a very bad spot. If these things don't end up, um, going well, but what makes them go well? Um, ending up with these good rookies that kind of pan out really well. You know, that's the, the hard part. Um, how do you determine where they come from? You know, typically, as I map this out, um, we've got these rookies that are game changers. You know, we always reference, speaking of Dalvin Cook, speaking of Saquon Barkley, uh, speaking of Derrick Henry, he's kind of an interesting example because he, he, he came on later, if you'll remember. Um, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire, you know, if I get somebody like Clyde Edwards-Alaire next year, I'm going to suck again next year too. You know, that's the scary thing. Um, or the, basically any running back this year, it's been rough. And the running backs um, relying on a rookie, except for James Robinson, who ironically enough was undrafted in our league. Um, <clears throat> maybe in general. And yeah, and how do you predict that? You know, that's, that's what kind of makes it hard. I didn't go map it out just so everyone's aware. Um, over the last couple seasons, I did count how many rookies were drafted, and we have enough rookies drafted in a normal redraft with keepers league for three and a half rounds of just pure rookies, FYI. That is an FYI to consider when you're trading these picks, that over all the years of fantasy that we have played, we've only ha ever had roughly three and a half rounds of rookies based on these five round picks that we're all going to have. So something to consider. Anyway, which leads me to my next person, Joshua. Josh. Josh Levitt. Um, you know, former league champion. One of the two people that have won twice. You know, what can I say about Josh? Um, I did say it on the brief summary pod when I was walking around the football field. 
but uh, this is different, I guess. Is with him, um, we gave him a hard time this year at the very beginning, admittedly, for what he was doing because he all of a sudden opts to to just he didn't like his team after the draft and just decided to do a, a fire sale before week one. And it really shook it up. Um, and how did that work out? Obviously, trade is so his five people. Um, or I was gonna say, yeah, so I'm one and eight. I have you know, of the four games left, I play Alex, Jace, Jay, and Tyler. So, congrats to you four for your easy win. Um, I really do not think I'm gonna win again until next year, um, personally. So, Josh, two and seven, thinks he's gonna win this week against Tyler. Also, plays Danny, Taylor, and Landon, um, who were all on the bubble. So, it'll be kind of interesting. To see kind of who can beat Josh and who doesn't beat Josh. Because Josh is feeling confidence. And that might be something that determines the playoffs. Is who can beat those teams like that. Or who can beat a team you should be beating with Josh. So basically anybody that loses to Josh is really in hot water um, for making the playoffs. Something to consider. So the process. Josh holds Christian McCaffrey. Holds Lamar Jackson. Drafts the rookie DeAndre Swift. Uh, picks up David Montgomery and Kareem Hunt. So four running backs and basically five running backs with Lamar Jackson. Um, and, yeah, so what happens? Then all of a sudden he decides to get rid of them all. Um, and, yeah, the Christian McCaffrey one, well, I guess David Montgomery was first. I've talked about that before with me. He got my feature for David Montgomery and later laid in Van Direct, which is way worse. Um, he got Taylor's feature for Christian McCaffrey. And Devin Singletary, he got Danny's future for Devin Singletary, which is kind of an annoying trade when I look at it now. Um, yeah, and then um, with uh, DeAndre Swift, the rookie, he's kind of been whatever. That's what I said about these rookie running backs. It's, it's So, yeah, DeAndre Swift, third-round pick in our league. That's, like, the value we're, we're holding on to this guy or hoping these, these people come through with. Um compared to like a redraft league and that hasn't been good this he would be a bust of a third round pick and if that's all we can build on moving forward ooh, scary scary with these picks um yeah david montgomery um same kind of thing i gave a lot for david montgomery because he was better last year thinking that i want to get one of these good running backs um to hold on to moving forward that are kind of like the given assurities and david montgomery has been bad you know, I ended up trading him anyway to Maxwell. Um, and Kareem Hunt, you know, he's been a, a decent guy, probably a good guy to have. Josh ended up trading him for Jarek McKinnon um, inadvertently and then a whole bunch of other stuff. Josh has made so many trades. Maybe I'll just post this later just to kind of show um, the breakdown of it. But, but yeah, Josh has a million picks. What does that mean for Josh? Josh has a million picks. Um, and what does that mean for the rest of the league, honestly? Because, you know, we've got all these picks. Josh isn't going to be able to keep all of them all with our current structure. He's obviously advocated adding more people, adding more roster spots to the league. We actually voted on it twice before. We're going to vote on it again in the future. I'm not going to say anything right now. It's going to be controversial. Just something to consider um, when making decisions. I guess that's all I'm going to say. I know Josh is sweating right now as I'm I'm stating this or, or trying to decide what I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Josh has a lot of picks. Josh has a lot of opportunity. Um, or miss opportunity. I don't know. We don't know. That's the thing. That's what's so crazy about these is we don't know what could happen right here. Um, Josh has done very well at getting lots of people's picks for next year, whether they like it or not. Um, so Josh kind of owns next year's draft 
Um, so hopefully it's a good draft. You know, I guess like about how my team's in trouble. If it's if these picks aren't good, Josh's team is in deep trouble. Um, maybe not as bad. Josh's team is is in trouble um, as well. I guess. Anyway, moving on. Our, our teams, our teams suck. Our teams are boring. Taylor, most interesting team in the draft this year, or our most interesting team in the league. So, first five picks for Taylor. Um, he held Patrick Mahomes, you know, which he took in the mini draft, redraft the the leftover draft, um, and then opted to do do a triple stack, as you all remember, with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, which is you know at the time was like that seems scary. Hasn't necessarily worked out for him, as we all know. Um, <clears throat> and then he held Devin Singletary, who was part of the package he used to flip to Josh for Christian McCaffrey. Um, the last guy I picked was C.J. Mosley, who we lost because of coronavirus. So there's another one. Another person that has been struck down, like me, with coronavirus was Taylor. He lost a very valuable pick spot and player because of coronavirus. Um, he lost his for the year where I lost mine for a couple games. Um, anyway. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs stack plus Christian McCaffrey was terrifying at the beginning. Everybody all kind of said in the pre-pod and in, in the discussion, we all thought Taylor had a really good team. Um, what happened? What happened to the Taylor and the team? I don't know. I don't know. Just bad luck. Just bad matchups. You know, and that's the thing with the Chiefs is there's a lot of a lot of mouths to feed on, on that offense. That's part of why they're so good. Um, but that's the thing that, that kind of hurt Taylor at the same time is that any time it's a heavy running game. Um, he doesn't get any of that. And there's been at least a couple of them this year. Um, or anytime it's like the running backs that are, that are the ones that are kind of the breakout. It really kind of hurts Taylor. And then they have other so many other pieces that um, it's not all Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey anymore, which is what's made it tough. So he's still on the verge. He still has a chance. So Taylor plays Nathan, who's really good. Jason, who's really up there. Josh, I already mentioned. Um, and then Devin, who's really up there. So Taylor has a very steep hill to climb to make the playoffs. It does not look good, Taylor. I'm going to be honest. You're probably going to miss the playoffs. Um, yeah, so what does that mean? You know, you know, how does, how does his outlook, how does his future look bad? Because he just traded everybody for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, so there you go. Three teams that are just highly dependent on this rookie draft next year. Interesting. Going to be interesting to see how it goes. Interesting to see how it goes. Phrasing it that way. Anyway, moving on. New guy, Danny. Danny boy. Don't really know anything about Danny. Given how, how the, the mediums work and, and, and our lack of interaction in the league in these other various ways. So will we ever get to know Danny? I don't know. I don't know. He's come in a couple times. I know he likes the Dolphins. I know he works with Vaz Fitness. Um, lost a whole bunch of games at the beginning. We all kind of wondered if he was even going to play this year. Was he even actually playing? And what does he do? Comes in and just goes on a terror. And is in playoff contention. So good for you, Danny. Good for you. You know what? You probably don't know me. Probably wondering, like, well, this is freaking weird. This dude right here on the podcast. Plus, he sucks at fantasy because he's 1-8. and eight And he's trying to give me fantasy advice. And I have no idea who this guy is. So, yeah. You know what? Totally justified. Anyway, going to do it. Um, what did Danny do? Danny got Devontae Adams through the same redraft that Taylor got. Uh, and then opted not to hold that many people. Um, I think he might have only had Devontae Adams as his keeper, um, which ended up being really good for Danny. You know, basically when Devontae Adams played, Devontae Adams is in that same category as Dalvin Cook and Lamar Jackson, as I mentioned before. Maybe that's part of Danny's recent success right here is Devontae Adams really coming on. With the Packers, um, followed by Mike Evans, kind of a bust. Melvin Gordon, definitely a bust. Keenan Allen, 
Muscle Manos, and then um, Joey Bosa, who I already mentioned today, um, who he did a very good trade for himself, and somehow really working um, Tyler Richens for um, Tyler's first round pick um, in 2022, not next year, but the year after. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how that works out. Um, still don't know why Tyler did that. I thought that was a very bad trade. I'll say it publicly. I thought it was a bad trade. I thought Danny won that one going away. Um, it's interesting. So anyway, who does Danny play? Danny plays Jason. You know, um, Jason Schreier. You know, probably should clarify since we haven't done that on the pod in a while. Um, he plays Schreier. Schreier, 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 Schreier. Um, Josh, Devin, and Brad. So he's kind of got 50-50. You know, Devin and, and Schreier are really up there. Um, and then obviously Josh... Is really at the bottom, and Brad's right in the hunt with him. So, um, not as bad as Taylor, you know, could be worse, but obviously it's going to be easier for some people as well. So, I don't know. I kind of think it's kind of a, a tall task for him to make the playoffs, but stranger things have happened. All you got to do is get to seven wins, you know, and he has a chance. That's all, all you got to do. And especially if, um, since everybody around him is four and five, too. So, so Danny is the lowest rated. Four and five, so it could be a tiebreaker. So maybe it doesn't even matter if you get wins as long as you score a lot of points. Um, anyway, moving on. Moving on. I'm, I'm double checking my notes. I even made notes this time because I wanted it to be good or have some deeper thoughts. Sorry, I'm ranting so much and rambling. Um, moving on. Tenth place, Tyler Richens. Um, lost the window stack corrections this year. Has a lot of really good pieces. In fact, let's just dive into this right here. Um, Tyler's first five picks. Michael Thomas, who he got for me. He held. Then he picked Jonathan Taylor, another rookie running back. Second round pick. Two like two of these guys went in the second round in a redraft, right? Everybody think about that. This is how valuable, like, for adding the value, all right? But then at the same time, they haven't been good. That's the other, that's the other kicker. Jonathan Taylor has not been good. Darius Leonard in the third round. Then he held Devonta Parker, Parker and Deion Jones. Tyler has all of those players on his team still, which is interesting. And then he also picked up Julio from me and Todd Gurley from me and um, Joey Bosa from Danny, like I just mentioned. So we'll see how that works out for him. So basically, Tyler, um, as far as like redraft rankings, Tyler has a lot of good players. Tyler is pretty stacked, but... They haven't been good. He hasn't been good. Um, or could be better, you know. So basically, if Tyler gets healthy, he could be really good, or he's just going to be really cursed. Um, probably not as screwed moving forward as, as some of um, the people I've already talked about. But also, you know, I have Tyler's first-round pick. Danny has his first-round pick next year. What does that mean for Tyler moving forward? Who knows? In fact, I think I might have two of his first-round picks. Double back in what I got for him. In one of my trades with Tyler, is there another first round pick? I don't know, 2021? No, I don't think so. Maybe not. But yeah, interesting. All is interesting. So, so yeah, Tyler. What do you want to think of Tyler? Um, is Tyler going to make the playoffs? I don't know. He's definitely on the bubble. And it's going to be really interesting. Who does he have left? Josh? Like I said, that's going to be um, a way that's going to determine these playoff teams is if Josh can play a spoiler right here. And he plays Devin. Devin is really good, you know. Um, I think Devin might, you know, he's in first place right now. He might have the best team in the league. Brad, um, another bubble team, so he got to win the head-to-head matchups, and then he has a gimme in the last week versus me, 
which is, you know, is an easy thing for Tyler. You know, having that guaranteed win at the very last week is very handy to have. So we'll see how it goes. An interesting boat uh, moving forward is Landon, also 4-5. and five. Plays Strom, going to be in the hunt. Nathan, going to be in the hunt. Jason, in the hunt. And Josh, again, you know, Josh, right in the mix with all these people that are on the bubble. So just ironic that that's going to be the the thing that kind of determines playoff teams right here after Josh kind of gave up on winning himself this whole season. Josh can really play spoiler um, over the next couple of weeks. So <clears throat> Landon was the first person who, um, first person in our rankings list that, that lost um, his first round pick um, in Nick Chubb to the IR. So that was, that was a tough break. He can't predict that. Um, Aaron Jones has been good. Cooper Cup has been decent. Speaking of Le'Veon Bell, Landon took him in the fourth round. And then Michael Gallup. So he held Cup and Gallup, drafted Chubb, Jones, and Bell, um, all those running backs, um, who, yeah, haven't really worked out. I guess Chubb you can hold on to. Jones has been good. Um, Le'Veon Bell we've already talked about. Um, yeah, he ended up trading him. Um, did he trade him? Yes. I think he traded him. I can't remember anything he has him now. Maybe he's drawing him as him now. I can't remember where Le'Veon Bell ended up. He's been jumped around a lot, which is just adding to the curse. So maybe Strom's the most cursed now. Whoever has Le'Veon Bell now is cursed. Um, and yeah, and then he traded Michael Gallup this week, um, who was really good for uh, beginning with Dak. And so I guess Maxwell's been really rocked by injuries. Um, everything this way for Vince Williams and then Keelan Cole, who's already been part of the Julio trade. So just interesting how all these different players kind of get shuffled around different teams, which we now know thanks to Sleeper. Thank you, Sleeper. But uh, anyway, Maxwell, um, it's hard to say. Maxwell has Justin Herbert. That's the other thing. So I think arguably the steal of the draft is, it belongs to Maxwell right here. Um, because Herbert has been a revelation in a very, and our league is really relying on our quarterbacks. Um, so unfortunately for Landon, he also has Aaron Rodgers and had Joe Burrow until this week. Um, and I know he had got David Montgomery, who hasn't been healthy. He got Adrian Peterson for me, who hasn't been healthy. He had Devonta Freeman. Um, he and I have been trading running backs a lot recently. And they all kind of got, they've all gotten hurt. And, yeah, I don't think Aaron Jones is healthy right now either. Um, and obviously Bell gets hurt and cut and is in a mess. So, anyway, Maxwell's really trying to um, patch everything together. And I think, you know, when I think about that, just as I just say that out loud, and I compare that to somebody like Tyler um, and Danny and the pieces that they have, I think Maxwell's in trouble. Maxwell, I think Maxwell's in trouble. I think Maxwell's going to go into the loser's bracket with the less of us losers and play for next year. Um, and, yeah, I think he still has his first next year, so I think Maxwell's still on the hunt for that. But I know that he's been... Shopping around his other picks moving forward, so we'll kind of see how that goes. Um, and the pieces that he has. So, anyway, it'll be interesting. Okay. How far are we in this pod? 47 minutes. Oof. Do I want to go faster? Do I want to go slower? I don't know. I don't know. We're rolling, Brad. Um, 
interesting thing with Brad, he hasn't quit yet. <laughs> you know, as I, Tyler is probably laughing right now that I say that. Brad's probably rolling his eyes, but you know, there is a correlation with how well Brad does post four weeks of the fantasy season versus how active he is after that part. The history says that that happens, and you know. Brad's going to be like, you know what, whatever, dumb joke. He, Brad does quit a lot. All right, I'm saying it out loud. It's one of the novelties that we all have grown to love and enjoy. Um, anyway, Brad, four and five. Who does he have left? Jace, in contention. Jay, in contention. Tyler, in contention. And Dan, in contention. So Brad's got a pretty tough, pretty tough right here. Um, speaking of people who lost their first round pick, he had Saquon Barkley, and then Brad did something interesting um, with Saquon and flipped him for a win now so we'll kind of have to see how that works out that's something that Josh did that's good for him as well as Josh landed Saquon Barkley for Antonio Gibson and the second rounder which <sighs> probably could have been more I don't know I feel like that's one of those ones where I could see why it happened I bet I think that's one where everybody saw the trade and was like, I would have given you so much more for that. Or if that's what it was going to take, I could have beat that and kicked themselves or whatever. And that's one of those things, that, you know, just kind of happens in the league. Just kind of happens. Anyway, still has Josh Jacobs. Um, he held Saquon, drafted Josh Jacobs, held AJ Brown, who's been really good, drafted Calvin Ridley, who's been wishy washy, and Tyler Boyd, who's been good. Um, Ridley and AJ Brown, I guess, have gone around back and forth. Um, and yeah, Brad's team. I guess it's really volatile. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. Um, he's, you know, made a lot of trades this year. He's really been active. He's really kind of shuffled. And it's just kind of like one of those, I guess, like, that's the whole thing about this league, or the league this year, is that, like, everybody's in the middle of contention. Everybody's, like, right around each other, you know, week over week. And this, there's a couple teams, Devin, mostly, um, a little bit Nathan, too, that really look like they're really pulling out, pulling ahead. Um... And just be having, having kind of more of a, a dominant feel to their team week over week, and it's just kind of anybody's game um, around that. So anyway, you know, Brad at least has kind of started a couple wins together because I think he started one and four um, with me because we were both really bad um, for a little while because we were joking about how bad the commissioners were together. Um, but then yeah, he's he's strung together a couple wins right here and is um, going along. And yeah, we'll see if it keeps going. It's the, it's the thing. So, speaking of stringing out wins, Jace, right here, was just destroying people at the beginning um, because he had Dak Prescott, um, who got hurt. Anyway, interesting thing with Jace. Hasn't made a trade this year. Didn't hold anybody. All right, fresh restart. And just fresh draft results for Jace so far this year. Um, <clears throat> if you look at his team... A lot of people don't like his team. A lot of people have told me they don't like his team. Um, Lee sources tell me they don't like the, the league in general doesn't like Jason's team based on Jason's players and some of his lineups this year. But as I already mentioned, there is one player in particular on that team, technically would have been two up to a point, a Mr. Dalvin Cook, who has put the team on my back and it just pulling Jace through white running back, finish football with Grey League, you know, with vengeance. And, yeah, Jace is, you know, time to perfect. Dalvin on the haters. Um, speaking of people who don't like Jace's team, Dalvin Cook just says, you know what, F all y'all. Jace, 
very strong chance to win the league this year. And yeah, just looking at his schedule coming up, he plays Brad. You know, it'll be kind of an interesting one head to head. Then he plays me, which he's obviously going to just you know roll me. So he's got one more win on the table. Then wraps it up with Alex and Strom, which is kind of tough. But if he can beat me and Brad right here, um, he's sitting in a good spot to try and at least get lots of points and or one win um, in the last two weeks. So who did he get? Dalvin Cook, Juju Smith-Schuster, Amari Cooper. You know, so he was stacking with Amari and, and Dak, even though that was more Michael Gallup. And, and then he's got Lamb, too, which is later. He's been a rookie that's been really good. It would have been later in, in, in the draft. Probably would be a first-round pick in next year, given how many rookies are probably going to go. Something to think about. Um, Blake Martinez and David Johnson. So, again, Dalvin Cook, Juju, Amari Cooper, Blake Martinez, David Johnson. So, yeah, I mean, just decent. Just decent. It's hard to say how good he is or not. He's just decent. And with decent with Dalvin Cook. That's how I would describe Jason's team. Decent with Dalvin Cook. So, moving ahead, Jay. Now, Jay's team is really interesting. Jay is a very interesting member of the wide running back fantasy pool, really, because if you all remember the year that Jay had Mr. Dalvin Cook, Jay, two weeks before the playoffs, was considering not losing on purpose to try and get another redraft, to try and get a better draft pick next year. Opted to try and win, got into the playoffs, upset Strom, who was the powerhouse chosen ones team, um, the first week, I think. I think it was in the 1-8 matchup. And then um, I, mean, I know he ended up beating Devin in the final. I think it was Joe or Maxwell. Anyway, there were these three teams that all looked like super teams, that all looked they should just destroy everybody else in the league. And then there's Jay, this one team who basically sucked and had Dalvin Cook. And the team that sucked with Dalvin Cook beat all three of these super teams that were just loaded as can be and putting up like 250 points a week. And then Jay was winning these matchups like 150 to 145. And it was just crazy. And it was just like, holy cow, what is happening? Where are these matchups coming from? Why is he doing this? And, and yeah, Jay won the league. That's it. That's, that's the reason. That's what's crazy is that, you know, like, it didn't matter how good Devin was. It didn't matter how good Josh was. It didn't matter how good Strom was. It didn't matter how good Joe was. All of them were, you know, just these powerhouse teams that, you know, averages, rankings, everything said they were going to win. And then this guy rolls in, match up to rule all. He beat Strom on a fluke play with Dalvin Cook getting a garbage time touchdown against the Seattle Seahawks of all teams. And that, and yeah, yeah, strong. Like that's one of those things where it's like that happened. That is why running backs finish full, really playing out on the national stage right there. And yeah, yeah, Jay won the league. Good for Jay. Good for Jay. And here, here Jay is again. Jay has the second lowest amount of points this year through almost 10 weeks, which is crazy. And Jay is two wins away from making the playoffs. Crazy. Just crazy. Right? Like, everything about this game, the math, the matchups, the rankings, the stats, the averages, everything, like, and, like, like how this, quote-unquote, should work is just thrown out the window with Jason Ewan. You know what? You know? Appreciate it, Jay. So, yeah, and here we are. Jay has Devin left, Brad left, me left, with Easy Win, and Alex. So, he's got to get two of those. Got one with me, you know. Um, two for sure. One to, one to make the tie break. You know, which he's probably going to lose because he doesn't have enough points. So he's got to get two wins. Um, 
And speaking of Delvin Cook, and speaking of Cursed, Jay had a chance to keep Delvin Cook this year and did not because of Delvin Cook's holdout. Um, and opted to go with Miles Sanders instead, which at the time looked like a good deal because Jay also had Alexander Madison. Um, so it's like, hey, I can get the best of both worlds. I can keep Sanders. I can keep Madison. Cook and hold out. You know, holdout players don't have a good history. Did not see what was going to happen with Dalvin Cook. Um, definitely wouldn't be second last in points if we had Dalvin Cook, you know. But it is what it is. Um, anyway, the other thing I want to say about Jay, speaking of tribute teams, you know, I dedicated my team name to Joseph Adams. Five points from glory. Um, call him back to our old rivalries. And everything that way, Jay also did a tribute this year to, to Zach Barr, um, another Nephi legend. Um, speaking, of, And he is actually close to the podcast, too. I don't know if anybody remembers. Um, when, we originally, when I originally started to know the podcast, I was afraid by the verbiage in the iTunes um, legal terms and different things of, like, podcast warnings of, like, um, music royalties. And so I didn't want to, like, when I thinking if this takes off, I just wanted to make sure that it can take off um, in a good way, and it's not like a way that I'm, gonna, I'm not going to end up getting screwed by, basically, and um, Zach Barr had a bunch of rap music or just beats that he had made that he let us use for free, um, which is nice of him, you know, so yeah, we use, we use all of these Zach Barr music for our, for our stuff, and then it made that kind of the podcast feel more original, too, with the his original music with it instead of the mainstream stuff. And then later it was just like, this isn't going anywhere. I'm just going to use the mainstream stuff. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I don't know if everybody, if everybody knows or not. But yeah, Zach Barr passed away um, a couple years ago. Um, and yeah, so nice of Jay to also just, you know, tribute some um, to Zach and OJ. And Zach were, were friends, um, real friends, not, not fancy friends. So it's obviously a little more personal and, but it's just another one of those little nice things, just, you know, subtle reminders of, of kind of how it's all connected. Um, anyway, Jay, sixth ranked, hold Miles Sanders. That's Kenny Drake. Drafts Kenny Drake. Drafts OBJ. Drafts Fred Warner. Holds Jordan Hicks. So interesting kind of breakup right there. Running back, running back, wide receiver, linebacker, linebacker. Um, he still has all of them except OBJ, who he just traded um, this week for with Mr. Madison, who I mentioned, for Emmanuel Sanders and Tony Pollard. So we'll see how that kind of works out for Jay. Um, he's made a couple of really good trades. You know, he ended up getting Chris Carson as well. So we had these three, you know, primetime running backs. Um, but then they haven't been, you know, Drake hasn't been good. Carson hasn't been healthy. And neither are Sanders. And then, yeah, you could probably put all three of them together and they wouldn't score as much as Dalvin Cook has. Um, and that's the break sometimes. You know, that's what I was trying to do originally with the Saquon Barkley deals, trying to, you know, land something like that get you know more but then you don't anticipate that the one guy you're trying to kind of leverage more for is the one that kind of outscores all of them so anyway you know i would i look at jay's team and i think jay's is just shouldn't win jay just shouldn't be in the playoffs jay is just there's just so many other teams that have so many other better pieces um and everything that way but jay's five and four jay's right there anyway and he like you think he'd be down at the bottom with me, but he's not. He's in contention, so here's what it is. All right, Alex, new guy number two, technically number one. Um, what can I say about Alex? I don't know. I know he knew Brad from the army, and I know he was in Minnesota, and is a Vikings fan. That's about it. You know, and he comes in with funny, 
funny snippets into the, the leak chat with regularity. It's good, good addition. And apparently, Alex knows what he's doing with fantasy football. At least it hasn't sucked. So, good for you, Alex. Um, what did Alex do? Yeah, in the redraft, he ended up with Joe Mixon, which is good. Um, then he drafted Austin Eckler, who was one of the first round holdovers that didn't, um, wasn't able to be kept, so good for him. Um, except that Eckler hasn't been good this year. He's been hurt. Kenny Galladay, you know, much hyped. Kenny Galladay preseason life didn't really pan out. Um, held Joe Schubert, and then Stephon Diggs, who's also been really good. So Alex is good because of who he held, um, who he ended up with for the most part. He did trade Eckler this week, um, to Strom for a couple first round picks, which is good for, um... Alex, I was actually kind of surprised Strom did that. Still haven't said that to Strom, but I, was, I thought Alex won that trade too. Um, but that is going to depend a little bit, a lot, on these rookies. Because last year, Eckler was really good. Um, but Eckler is also one of those guys that we, as a league, need to have more of. Because if you'll remember, Eckler had been around a while and shopped around a while and um, was just kind of a guy. And then a guy who turned into a... Um, top five running back um, later in his career. So hopefully there's more of those. Hopefully, you know, that, that's going to be something that's going to be really big for the league moving forward is guys like Austin Eckler. And it just kind of justifies holding on to guys like that. You know, um, who's going to be another, I don't know, maybe, Duke, you know, Alex has Duke Johnson. Maybe Duke Johnson's finally going to, like, break out and become, like, a top ten guy right here, you know, in the next couple of years. Or um, I'm trying to think of, you know, another... Yeah, like Tariq Cohen, maybe. I don't know, something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Something, somebody's going to blow up. Hopefully somebody later blows up for the league and makes it all crazy. I just love the chaos. So, anyway, Alex has a good team. Alex plays me this week. Alex is going to have seven wins. Sorry, Alex, I'm not going to say a lot. But you're basically in the playoffs. So then it just comes down to, to whether or not you can take it um, all the way. Finishes with Strom, um, Jace, and Jay. So, um, kind of a hard road going out. But, yeah, he's got he's got one against me this week. So, good luck to you. Um, other people have come in their first years and done better or worse. Um, kind of in the middle of the pack, I guess, as far as newbies go. I guess both of them are, um, Danny and, and Alex. So we'll see. Have we ever had a rookie win the league? I don't know. Off the top of my head. I don't think we have, actually. Now that I think about it, loud, I would have to look it up. I think the answer is no. Unless Drew, Drew may have been a rookie too. I think so. Maybe I take it back. But yeah, Drew also was horrendous the year after that. So maybe that's what's going to happen. Anyway, moving forward. Nathan. Nathan is very good. Nathan has Taylor, Landon, Strom, Jason remaining. Anyway, these guys are really good. I've been doing this for over an hour. There's a couple of interesting things I'll talk about. Just kidding. I was going to say I'm just going to plow through this, but I'm not now. Um, Nathan held DeAndre Hopkins, held Leonard Fournette. Still has him. You know, I guess it kind of worked out. Drafted Littleton, who ended up trading for Alshon Jeffrey and Tyrell Adams just this week. Held Devin White, which is good, and then Buda Baker. Um, and then, interestingly enough, he uh, he drafted DK Metcalf as the sixth guy he would have had who would traded to Strom. I bet Nathan wishes he had DK Metcalf back. back. Just saying. Just saying. In fact, I think you could deal beyond Hopkins. I think you could take Fournette, Littleton, Devin White, and Buda Baker. Well, I know you could offer that to Strom, and Strom would say no because he wants DK Metcalf, but that is probably comparable to how good DK Metcalf has been. Um, maybe not, because I know Devin White's pretty solid. But but yeah, that's the break sometimes. That's the break sometimes. Anyway, Nathan's going to wrap up with Taylor, Landon, Strom, and Jason. All playoff contention. Um, he's got six wins, 
So I guess I guess Alvin but Taylor. So he can wrap it up right here if he beats Taylor this week. Um, it would be interesting to see if somebody this high up falls down. Am I jinxing Nathan? Am I cursing Nathan? Maybe. Maybe. I want to see it happen. Um, maybe not to Nathan. Strom 6-3-2. I want to see it happen to Strom. Good luck to Nathan. I hope you win because you will have play Strom. So good luck. So speaking of Strom, Strom sucks at fantasy. Um, Alvin Kamara. Well, I guess yeah, speaking of Strom sucking at fantasy, Strom has been the most injury riddled. Uh, Max has been the most injured. Strom has the highest amount of people that have been hurt. Um, highest drafted amount of people. Holds Alvin Kamara, George Kittle, second round, done for the year. Bobby Wagner, James Conner, Landon Collins, done for the year. So, has, has all of them still. Good for you, I guess, Strom, whatever. Um, and yeah, I guess, you know, Strom always has a solid team. You know, I've always joked about it before. We've called him the chosen one before. We've called him Thor before. Um, at some point in the year, I'll project that I think Strom's going to win the league right around this time. Um, I'll say Strom's probably going to win the league. He's made the final once. Um, yeah, and something always happens, you know, I think, I think just last of the year he made the final, I think that was last year. Um, was the first time he'd won in the playoffs, which is hilarious. Um, and maybe that's what it was. Maybe he just needed to regroup a little bit, finally get that first playoff win, and this is going to be Strom's year. But, as I said, I hope he loses out and misses the playoffs. But that's just me. So, anyway, moving on. Next interesting team. Arguably the most interesting team. Jay is really interesting. Maybe it's a Jay thing. In fact, now that I say it out loud, Jay, Jace, and Jason are definitely the three most interesting teams we've had this year from a fantasy perspective. You know, we've got strategy. We've all kind of uh, got history. Jay, Jace, and Jason are the wild cards that are just like basically the, the reminders that the fantasy gods rule all and the matchups rule all. And that this is all a crapshoot and this is all a game because of those three teams in our league this year and all the different strategies and different things involved. And Jason, like Jay's bad numbers wise, you know, and just his wins. Jason's fantasy team makes no sense to me. And this is why, right? Jason has a real shot of wearing the league. But he doesn't have somebody like Dalvin Cook. Like, he doesn't... Well, I guess he does. He has Kyler Murray. I take that back. That was a terrible thing. He's got Kyler Murray, right? Who isn't it on this list. You know, everybody knew Dalvin Cook was going to be up there. You know, I guess that's what's crazy about um, Jason is that, yeah, Dalvin Cook was third in the... Not Dalvin Cook. Kyler Murray was so cheap. Um, and, yeah, good for Jason. You know, that was like Lamar Jackson last year for Josh. Um so yeah, he got this really cheap game breaker, arguably the game breaker, because I know Matthew Barry said on a podcast this week that um, Murray is on track to being the number one fantasy player ever, which would be better than Lamar Jackson last year that Josh had. Um, so his, his trajectory is that he's going to actually be the highest scoring fantasy player of all time, which means, you know, better than Peyton Manning, better than any of these running backs we've talked about, and really good for Jason. So yeah, Jason could win the league just because he has Kyler Murray, who he got like in the sixth round as a keeper. Um, crazy, crazy, and yeah, thankfully because Chris Godwin, his his five people, first five picks: Chris Godwin, DJ Moore, Cam Akers, Chris Carson, and Jarvis Landry. Jason has none of those people on his team anymore. All five of those people are gone. You know, just throwing that you know that idea that. 
Josh and I were talking about that your first five people are going to make make or break your fantasy team. Just just torch it, you know. Just get rid of them all. Um, who do you get for it? You know, um, I guess he picked up Mike Davis. You know, a waiver wire pickup that's been really good for him. You know, another another unforeseen thing. You know, Mike Davis. Nobody nobody expected Mike Davis to be as good as he's been. Um, and it just kind of worked out for him. But anyway, so he picks up Mike Davis, and ended up trading him to Brad. Was this one the one he traded to Brad? I can't remember. Yeah. So anyway, Chris Godwin. I'm talking about Chris Godwin. Um. He yeah he trades Chris Godwin to Brad for Mike Davis with Mike Davis, um, and gets James Robinson out of it. Who like I said is the rookie the main rookie running back that's actually been good. So that's good for Jason, you know, if it stays like this. And that's what's scary about the draft is that James Robinson wasn't drafted in our leagues. He was a free agent pickup. And, um, yeah, that just means, yeah, that's, that, that could happen. Even with all of our redraft, there's still going to be these guys that fall through the cracks even that far. Um, even in, like, a condensed draft that he could fall through and we're still going to rely on the waiver wire people, you know, which is good for the future, but it kind of makes the uh, waivers more valuable um, by having less roster spots, you know, and not letting people, you know, really just hoard tons of people. Um, and yeah, so like the more James Robinsons we have in the future, hopefully helps the league. But at the same time, there's just not that many of them like this. Um, I'm thinking Mostert maybe was the one that kind of came on last year and transitioned over to this year. And even Mostert kind of has um, fallen off the wagon as well. So, anyway, trades Chris Godwin for, for James Robinson, who is arguably the best regular rookie running back right now. So, I guess that did work out for him. We all got mad at Brad and thought it was a trade rate before. Um, but now, with time, squatted on it, it's like, is it that bad of a trade? I mean, Tampa Bay's bad. Chris Godwin's hurt. They're just overloaded it with wide receivers now, um, especially since Antonio Brown is the best one there now, you know, and, <laughs> um, yeah, is it going to be, you know, good for him? Is it going to be something that they're going <clears> to, <throat> that Jason's going to regret? I don't know, because at the same time, James Robinson looks like he might be the best piece in this deal. Um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, DJ Moore, um, you know, one of the ones he shipped to Josh, for like later picks, you know, later picks are going to be interesting all to themselves because how valuable are late picks? Jason has a bunch of them, you know, what are the late picks worth? We don't know. We don't know. As I said, we have enough rookies typically drafted to fill three and a half rounds of our new drafts, you know, of these five rounds, they would fill three and a half of them. And so what does that mean um, for these fourth and fifth rounds? You know, you're going to be finding these guys off the wire. Or we're going to find more rookies, hopefully, like James Robinson. Um, we'll see. But, yeah, at the same time, you know, Cam Akers, this rookie that he had, has been kind of sucky. Third-round pick on a rookie running back, Cam Akers. It's been terrible. He got dropped. He got dropped by Jason. Brad picked him up. We all thought it was crazy. Guess what? Cam Akers is still terrible. You know? Is he going to be good next year? I don't know. I don't know. We don't know. You know, Darrell Henderson all of a sudden coming out of nowhere, you know, being decent. I could have held him. That sucks to me. You know, whatever, whatever, little thing. But that's one of those, that's one of those running backs. This is another guy, third round. So we've got Jonathan Taylor, bust. Clyde Edwards-Alaire for this year, bust. Is he going to be good next year? Hopefully they're good next year because they've been busts. You know, Cam Akers, he's another one. 
bust. You know, so yeah, this is if this is what we're gonna rely on moving forward with these picks. Whew. Oh yeah, DeAndre Swift. I was gonna say there's a but yeah, so so far all of these ones that are drafted in this range, first through five, sucked. They've sucked from a fantasy from a win now perspective. They have not been good. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how it works out. Um, he took Cam Akers ahead of Chris Carson, which is you know thinking about it now, just crazy. But then at the same time, Carson's been hurt. And speaking of Darrell Henderson, that's who he traded Chris Carson for, but then he just traded him again. Um, for Love Bell. Oh, maybe that's where it is. Maybe it is Jason. Maybe I, I swear I think I I gotta look it up now. I gotta look it up. Who holds Love Bell? Hour and ten. Who has the curse of Love Young Bell? Maybe we should trade Love Young Bell for Burkhead to so they cancel each other out and it's over. Yeah, Strom has him. Strom's gonna lose out. That just reinforces my idea. Connor right now on the podcast, Strom's not gonna win again. Um F you Strom. F you. Jarvis Landry, you know. Anyway, Jason Shuffle all his people. And somehow, without the powerhouse players, I guess with the powerhouse of um, Kyler Murray and James Robinson and you know, however he puts it together, you know, Christian Kirk, I guess, helps him stack a little bit because, um, you know, that's helped him a couple times. But he just, yeah, Jason's just up there. You know, it seems like, and even, I think even Jason said, you know, I don't feel confident in my team. Yeah, I think Josh told me that, that him and, him and Josh were in discussion. League sources tell me that, yeah, he wondered if his team was even that good. He didn't know if he was, he should start playing for the future now. Because his team didn't scream that it was a league champion, but he's in second place. He's already com- he's one of two teams that's already made the playoffs. And yeah, yeah, fantasy is crazy. Matchups rule all. Fantasy is crazy. Anyway, Devin, I've already talked about Devin. Oh yeah, who does Jason play to round out the league? Plays Danny, Taylor, Landon, and Nathan. Everybody in the hunt needs wins. Be interesting. So anyway. Back to Devin. I've talked a little bit about Devin, so I don't feel like I'm doing him that much of a disservice. Um, speaking of running backs, rookie running backs, he took Clyde edwards in the second round. I've, like I said, all of them. All of them have been win-now busts. Okay? I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means moving forward. All of these guys would have been first-round running backs. You know, what does that mean for, like, the scale? What do they, Does that mean we need to get rid of these first-round picks more? Or is it going to end up being, like, you know... Speaking of people, Ezekiel Elliott. Everybody knows Ezekiel Elliott took over the, the league as a rookie. You know, Dalvin Cook, also really good as a rookie. Uh, Fournette, good as a rookie. You know, we can go all through this list and all these running backs on here would have been, you know, really good rookie um, running backs. And they're still top five guys now. Um, something to consider. Anyway, yeah, Clyde Edwards led trade for Derrick Henry. You know, he was a, I think he was like a fourth round, fifth round pick when he was uh, he was a rookie. In a redraft. Um, so, yeah. How does that affect winning now? Um, anyway, Devin's really good. Devin's, you know, Ezekiel Elliott. He's been sucking, but, you know, whatever. Clyde Edwards Alaire. Trade for Derek Henry, who's, like, running back two right now. So, congrats, Devin. Um, Allen Robinson. Robert Woods. Zach Cunningham. It's a lot, I guess. What can I say about Devin? His team just scores a lot. He's got a lot of points. He's 7-2. He's in first place. And week eight, week 10. That's a good, good spot to be in. And it doesn't seem like it's going to slow down. So, good luck to you, Devin. Um, and, yeah, I think he's got all of his picks. I think he he hasn't been, been doing 
draft pick roulette. So he he still holds his own future for the most part. I think. Um, I don't know where his first pick is floating floating around. So, so it feels like he hasn't he hasn't uh, sold his soul to the process or or tried to win a trade by by um, leveraging his future. So. So good on Devin. Maybe Devin's going to be the super team moving forward. All this, all this fear that I've had with Josh and loading up on draft picks is just going to be a bunch of busts. And then Devin, who's just loaded up on actually just good pieces and good um, assets to have on the short term, is just going to roll it into short-term game, short-term game, short-term game, and, and just keep being, um, you know, one of the a really good teams. So, so who knows? Anyway, there's the podcast. It's a long one. It's a long one. You know what? It's all right. It's all right. I feel like the hour-long podcasts back in the day were the were the were the ones that really um, navigated the league, I guess, or got the league going. I, I think I think the sweet spot's like forty-five minutes. Forty-five minutes from an hour. This is a little long, but I really wanted to get it all plowed out. So, if you're still listening, thank you. You know, um, hopefully we'll bring it back. Hopefully I'll get Brad on soon. Always is better when I have a when I have a guest with me. You know, I'll probably open open it back up to get non-host people back on the podcast you know that's another way we we started meeting people around here like i've had freaking greg richens on the greg richens has been on the podcast you know like really think about it you know you guys don't know that but like you know richens i don't know if you're offended by that or not by me saying that but just think about that for everybody who remembers what greg was like in the league right greg richens has been on the podcast i feel like if greg richens can get on the podcast we can all collectively get on the podcast and work together. Thank you, Greg, for your services to Water Back Fantasy Football Premier League and to your chapters in this league's history. So, <clears throat> yeah, just kind of, just kind of one of those things. You know, I want to think about where the league came from and, and some of the the dynamics that have existed in this league that still exist today, that has still been passed on today. That is one of them. So, anyway, um, Cincinnati's still killing. Fourth quarter now. It's over. I'm gonna go to bed. Post this when we go to bed. And and yeah, good luck to everybody. You all suck at fantasy. I hope everybody loses. That there's a way for everybody to lose if we made the playoffs. That was my that would be my ideal outcome. But it's not how it goes sometimes. So anyway, good luck to everyone and I enjoy.